We all have areas in our life we might feel stuck or overwhelmed. So join me, Jenna Zint, habit coach, teacher, and follower of Jesus as we go after little bits of better by building offensively small habits that create big impact. This is the Habit Lab Podcast. Welcome to the Habit Lab Podcast. Um, I wanted to do an extra episode because I was stewing on it this morning and I was like, yeah, I gotta say stuff. I wanna say stuff about this. Um, anyways, before we begin, I'm gonna start out with a testimony for my Habit Lab Mastery course. This is from Angela, who just finished our fall semester. She wrote, Jenna gently, humbly, kindly, and sometimes hilariously helps us find the hope and light in areas that I had associated with discouragement and shame in the past. Come for the habits, leave for the excitement as you learn how to be the best version of yourself. She said that I enrolled for the next group as well. She's going to be joining me in January. The first chance I had, I even said signed up for the extra coaching as I know the accountability is so big for me. Um, so like you said, or like I've said in the past, our next round of habits is going to start in January because literally it's the best time to regroup and focus for the next year. Registration is going to open January 3rd. But right now, if you just want to get in the info, um, more info and be on that list of awareness when that happens, you could go to thehabitlab.org and there's like an interest list. You click that and then I'll make sure you get all the information you need. And also too, I actually would love to, you could email me, Jenna zint at gmail.com. A lot of people have more questions. And instead of going back and forth with an email, a quick five minute phone call is super easy. So I have a Calendly link, which is just a link to my calendar. We could set up a quick call if you have some questions. That feels pretty low stakes to me. So reach out if you have questions. I'd love to have you join us. This episode, oh, one other thing, I'm actually doing a free Bible accountability group. A couple of episodes back, I talked about my Bible habit for 2023, and I just have felt it from the Lord. Like, I'm like, I want everyone to experience the fruit. And then I think the big breakthrough for me was how easy, like how bite-sized it was to go, read the whole Bible in a year. I thought it felt like this mammoth of a task that would never be conquered, but to be 10 to 15 minutes or less some days over the year and get here, like I'm two weeks out from finishing. I'm on track. I'm like shocked, shocked. It almost feels like I, you know, having a far off goal of running a marathon someday and be like, will I ever be able to be that person who does it? And I'm like, oh, I just showed up daily. But the key for me was the accountability. So I'm doing a, a big Facebook group and I'm going to break people into small groups for the accountability throughout the year. But I have all that information. So you could just, um, let's see, the best way to get that. You can email me jennazint at gmail.com or go to our website, zintsquad.com, the Bible accountability group. There's a link to join that as well. Okay, that's it. That's all the housekeeping. This episode, I wanted to talk about generosity because we are in the Christmas season and it's gift giving. And um, I am someone who loves being generous. Also, I do want to say that I feel a little... Um, vulnerable because, you know, give examples of all my habits. So giving examples of my generous habits is going to feel kind of like it could be perceived as bragging. And it's just going to be even uncomfortable for me giving a list of at various points, I'm sure about it. So please know that that's not my heart. Um, and that it feels a little uncomfortable to do so, but unsure. I love 
Theories are hard for me. Practical, tangible examples of how people walk things out is really where my brain connects dots. So my life is a smorgasbord right now. So here we go. Um, but last year, 2022, Aaron and I um, had a major finance upheaval and we lost 60% of our income and we were in the red. We were in the deficit. We cut back so much, like thousands and thousands of dollars in our budget and we we're still I think like $900 short a month for quite a few months. And it was just so uncomfortable and so painful. And in that season, um, I was really going after like, okay, Lord, I trust you. Even when I can't see it, I could, I almost felt like this, like, um, you know, when you shake up a soda can and you can feel the momentum, even though you can't see the pressure, like you can't see your result, but you know, things are happening inside the can. That's what I felt like. I'm like, I don't, see how we're going to get out of this. There's no evidence. There's no like, that's probably going to be my solution or my saving grace. But it was like, I could feel the Lord working. So then as I was just trying to partner with him and be like full of faith in that, I kept on like trying to like find something to anchor to what I was believing for. And then I just felt like the Lord challenged me like, I actually, you can be full of faith and not prescribe, have an exact picture what breakthrough is going to look like or have... um like, can you hold open handed that I will bless you and I am faithful. And, um, I think the blessing, can you just be more open-ended about what that means? Can you leave it as a fill in a blank rather than being specific of like, and you're going to pay off all this debt and you're going to blah, 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 blah. And we're going to get, um, justice for this and et cetera, like all the things we were believing for. And I was like, okay, he's like, cause you're going to miss it. If you label it, what I'm doing, you're going to miss what I'm actually doing because it it's not going to be on, if it's not on your list. And I was like, okay. And he was like, you just need to broaden your, you have too limited of a definition of blessed. And therefore like you could walk out of the season with a lot of disappointment if you don't actually just be full of faith with a fill in the blank. Like Jesus, I actually, God, I trust your character that your version of blessing is better than my formula for what blessings looks like in my human perspective. And I can say that that is a blessing, even if it doesn't seem like a financial answer. So that being said, that kind of put me on a path with when we were in that really tight season with generosity, like that's one of my core values. And I think a couple like months in when I was beyond the pain of like, oh, this is uncomfortable for us. I felt like grieved that I could not, it felt like one of my identities were being taken from me because of our financial situation where I remember just like chatting with the Lord. Like I, I know you made me with a generous heart to bless and like see it and move in this way. Like it's just a fluid part of me. So not having those, the means in the season, it feels like, it almost felt like one of my arms was being tied behind my back. And, um, it was interesting because in that like chat with the Lord, I just, I almost felt like he convicted me in the same way that he was like, you need to hold, you need to broaden your definition of bless. He's like, you actually have a very limited definition of generosity. You equate generosity with money and things. And he was like, just like you've gone through this untangling and uh, taking your limited scope of a Western mindset on what a blessing is, you need to do the same with generosity. Because he And then I just felt like this challenge. He was like, you can actually walk through this season entirely as generous as you've ever been if you will um, deconstruct your limits around what generosity is and isn't. And I was like, okay. And he was like, yep, you've learned how to be generous with your money, even when it costs you, even when that means you've gone without to give to others. He's like, you've learned generosity with your things, you know, but what if those are actually the easy buttons? What if those are the habits of generosity that 
are less of a footprint on your life. He's like, in this season, what else do you have to give? And I kind of went through this list of like time, um, my honestly, like my prayers, fasting for people, um, helping, like literally physically going over and serving them or inviting them to things. And it was funny because when I thought about um, this area, all of a sudden, I actually felt almost like anxious thinking about re- defining and calibrating my generosity habits, like how I show up as a generous person, um, because I realized those money and things were actually easier and on some level had a less footprint in my life. And I was used to the cost more than loving the people that are hard to love, inviting the people that are awkward to my parties or listening to the person as they like that I feel so triggered by and like going to coffee with them or watching kids, other people's kids instead of paying for a babysitter. That was one of the first ones. My friend um, has a spouse that goes out. It's kind of like a missionary thing um, to help disaster things for long periods of time. And then they come back. And I know that um, when they come back, you know, he's been gone. For, it's like almost like being deployed. He's been gone for so long that um, connection, like I'm like, man, how would that feel as a spouse to get your spouse back? But then like, I know that they're on a pretty tight budget because she uh, stays home with the kids so that he can have the flexibility to do this. Um, so they're not having the budget to actually be able to have a babysitter to help facilitate like the quickest connection. Because I know when Aaron and I come back from a trip, our quickest connection is to do a date so that we're not juggling the kids and then our hearts get connected and then we go back into kid life rather than trying to slowly rebuild with the 10, 30, 10 minute, 30 minute increments we got. So anyways, with this friend, I was like, man, Jesus, I was like kind of, complaining, honestly, of like, if I had, if we had money, like we had in past seasons, I would totally just cash up them and pay for them a babysitter. And then this was after the Lord had challenged me to like broaden my definition of my habits of generosity. And he was like, oh, what else could you do? <laughs> and I was like, oh, I, I could watch her kids myself. And then I looked at my schedule and all the things we had. And I was like, oh yeah, but we're doing these things. Like, mm, I wonder if you could take your his, her kids with, with you to the lake. And I was like, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> sorry. Um, who knows if I'll be able to edit that out. I don't have great skills. Um, anyways, but I was like, oh my gosh, it's overwhelming enough to take my children to the lake with two more, like no way. And the Lord's like, huh, I wonder if this is a cost of generosity. I wonder if you are capable. And I was like, oh. So long story short, they came with us and it actually was such a sweet time of connection for their kids. And I felt more invested in my act of generosity because I was like connected to their kids' hearts after they spent a few hours and then another friend helped. So it wasn't even like I solely bared the cost of it, but it just started me on this. And then afterwards, after the kids went home, I felt impacted by having connected with their kids and being a little closer to their family in a way that if I had just sent them money, if that is what generosity had looked like in that time, I would not have. And the Lord was like, I wonder if you actually, if this season is actually going to be an upgrade for you in this identity of generosity, as you expand how you can be generous, what if I almost felt this challenge of like, you are more generous in this season than you ever have been, but you're just not using your favorite easy tool of money. He's like, what if you actually do the things that cost you more that you have labeled maybe boundaries in the past or self-protection, but now like, okay, I know I'm meant to be generous. Can I choose to show up generously in other ways? So that has looked like not being as protective with 
group vibes <laughs> or parties that I maybe would have been in past seasons. And then the the crazy part is that I've been like nervous, like, ah, oh, that's such a that that will add such a different dynamic by sending that person an invite. And the Lord's like, oh, I wonder if you can hand it. I wonder if like community is actually the most generous thing that you could give them right now. And what if I sacrificing what it looks like for you as the host to have a perfectly synced party? What if actually you're showing up more like Jesus because you're give, you're extending community and a belong a place of belonging to them? And I just felt so convicted of like, yep, that's probably that habit, that flavor of generosity is probably more what Jesus would look like than buying them a cute sweater when I think about them because that's easy and that doesn't cost me other than the twenty dollar the one time twenty dollar per per purchase. It doesn't hit my ego. It doesn't all the things. So it's just been this wonderfully beautiful, challenging journey on redefining my um, habits of generosity. And one of them that emerged, this is why I thought about it, is that my kids last year, we had like, well, it's probably like two, we've been tighter for a couple years. So having three kids and preschool te- double teachers for each, it's, you know, six to eight teachers per year. And in the past, we were able to give them like, you know, $25 gift cards to get these little I don't know, like gift cards places. And then a couple of years ago when that wasn't possible, I felt like almost shame. I actually realized how often I felt shame when I couldn't be generous with just money. So untangling shame from my ways of generous. I'm like, no, I'm not going to not choose nothing because all I have um, is like, so the year that we couldn't do our normal and we had to scale back for the first time, I bought Trader Joe's um, they have special, you know, holiday treats, and I bought some that were a little classier and fancy. And I put a a, um, a a bow on all of them. But I felt like shame. Like at one point, I remember after buying them, I was like, "Can I even give these after giving? Like these cost four fifty after giving twenty five dollar gift last year. Like, is it even worth it? Am I going to be embarrassed?" And I felt like the Lord was like, "Okay, one, what's something else you could do that could add?" to this gift. So that is when I started this habit of actually um, writing cards to each of the teachers that were half prophetic, half just intentional identity words. Like in our church, we talk about how prophecy is actually this like, like speaking life and identity, like you're seeing them, how the Lord sees them. So it's less like this is going to happen in your life and more like this is who I see you are. And actually just taking the time to write intentional, deep, cards of identity that are true um, for each of their teachers. Because again, like that costs me so much more. Like the generosity factor there is my time, effort, intentionality, and connecting with the Lord for each of their cards versus the one time going to the store to buy $25 gift cards. I'm like, oh, both are highly generous, but one costs me a lot more, which is just so, it's just been this baffling, untangling some of my Western ideas around generosity. But then it's just been such beautiful. Those have actually impacted the feedback we've gotten, which of course, it's not, you don't give a gift because of feedback, but about that, that that has impacted the teachers more than the 20, the more expensive gifts ever did. So for me, what this looks like is I just actually have started leaning into sending a lot more cards for people outside of the teachers. It just kind of kickstarted my generosity habit of like, oh, I can be generous with my time. I can be generous with like offering community and friendship, but then I also can be generous. Um, what's the word with words of life, actually taking a beat to recognize when a friend's in a hard spot or they got a diagnosis or their parent died. And I have a, one of my habits is that I just have a stack of cards um, 
I actually used to keep it in my desk and it was out of sight. And I realized because one of the things that's really helpful with habits is having a visual cue in front of you or you forget about it. So I moved it to a place. Um, we have a bunch of random bins that are cute, but on top of my laundry laundry room. So I put the card stationary section from the hidden out of view to there with stamps readily available. There's like a thing of stamps right there. So what I do is when I think of a friend, I probably send, I would say on average three cards, which I think of them as generous acts of giving identity and encouragement and prayer. Um, internally, like, cause I categorize my habits, if that makes sense, because if they shift, I want to make sure if that old habit isn't working for this season that I have a new way that I'm investing in that area. So no one else needs to know that this is going on. But for me having a category when things shift, I'm like, Oh, I need a new one for that. Cause I don't have a way that I'm currently investing there. So, um, and then I just write, usually I'll write them like if, if I'm praying, like in my prayer time or whatever, um, write the cards and just send them. But I try to send a couple a week and I actually keep them small cards so that it's not like a 30 minute. So it could truly be like a six or seven minute thing. I use Sharpie a lot so that it is quicker. Um, all these ways of like, okay, how, how can I be generous, but then also make it offensively small. So I'm getting into the habit and practice rather than like, oh, I have to do 45 minutes to write this letter. I don't have 45 minutes. Therefore, I'm not writing any letters versus three more people get a little word from the Lord than they did last week, even if it only took me five minutes. So I think taking, honestly, I think judgment is a lot of what hinders us from being generous. I, and the little, this sounds so funny, but I have little, if you haven't noticed, I have expressions or lines when the Lord teaches me something, almost little recaps in like sing song form <laughs> that help me remember that lesson. Cause my, like, oh, this is that. So that little line then reminds me of like, I don't know, three weeks of conversation I had with Jesus. So for my line for this, which I'm going to leave you guys here in challenging, not just using money for generous, like generosity, like actually what are the other ways you can be generous with your community, your love, your attention, your time sharing, even if you can give someone something permanently, what could you share with, um, with your word, like prayer, fasting for other people, uh, words of affirmation. But my, my little phrase to remind myself that it's not just money that I can be generous with is silver and gold have I none, but what do I have to give thee? <laughs> of course, I'm paraphrasing that scripture, but it just reminds me like, hey girl, don't get stuck in that little corner of um, money being the only way that you can show up as a generous person. Like, yep, you don't have silver or gold, but wonder what you could all, what else you have that you could make a habit of being generous with. So the next time you hit that, whether it's you have all the finances, but you realize it costs you less and you feel like the Lord's calling you to upgrade how you show up generously for other people. Or if you're in a limited budget season, don't let shame talk you out of being creative with the other ways, because I think you're going to be shocked as I have been at the fruit that those habits of generosity have yielded more than a lot of my money habits with generosity ever did. So Merry Christmas, go out and spread. I don't know. I think I always think of um, these little habits as like spreading seeds of love. And then I remember as I plant them, even if they're small and feel a little offensively meager, I remember like love never fails. And if I'm planting a seed of love, Jesus, it's, it's going to be you and the Holy Spirit that make this seed yield tenfold what it was. That's not me. That's not you. But I am going to be obedient and faithful to plant what I have and not be talked out of what I have to give. My two coins. Because silver and gold have I none. But I wonder what I do have to give to thee. <laughs> the thee part sounds so cheesy, but you get it. Okay, everybody. I hope you have a great holiday season. <laughs>